100% grade A beefy web development talk without the bull. This is the David Conley Show. Online at bcradionetwork.com. Hi, my name is Steph Mischuk, and in this podcast, I'm going to talk about the state of PHP and the PHP community. David Connolly from DCRadioNetwork.com asked me to uh, to do this guest podcast because uh, he felt that perhaps uh, my my opinion, the opinion of somebody who's been developing web apps since the '90s, might uh, might be interesting to some people. So, to uh, well, let's just first start off. You got to know who, who who you're listening to here. So I've been developing web apps since the 90s, did a little bit of Perl CGI, but really got into it with, with classic ASP, uh, which was uh, Microsoft's dynamic server page technology, if ASP is short for active server pages, and then got into all kinds of other languages. Most of my work was done, well, most, a lot of my work was done in Java. I was a big Java guy, uh, worked with several Java frameworks over the years, and of course PHP, and you know, I think eight or nine languages I've used and APIs, uh, uh, you know, since the '90s to build apps. I typically would choose uh, languages and frameworks based on the needs of the particular application at hand. So what's happening now is uh, in the last six months or so, I'm hearing that the PHP community is in a bit of a uh, civil war over uh, various PHP frameworks, Zen, Symfony, CodeIgniter, Laravel, etc. And people are uh, flustered by this. PHP programmers, or some of them anyway, are you know, getting a little flustered. They're not sure which way to go. And uh, so I have a couple comments because I've seen this kind of thing before. Back in uh, the late 90s, I guess the late 90s, early 2000s, we started to see uh, framework wars, or as I would call them, the Java wars. And uh, I've seen all this type of stuff play out. So what's the first bit of advice I can give to you? Uh, first of all, I wouldn't care too much, to be honest with you, uh, because uh, the frameworks are, you know, you know, Laravel, Zen, Symphony, so on. They're they're just tools, right? So, I think to get excited about what the popular tool of the day is, and to get into religious wars, if you will, is a, a waste of time. Because at the end of the day, each framework will have its own strengths and its own weaknesses, and the choice of framework that you use really has a lot to do with a your personal taste and B, uh, the nature of the project at hand. So for instance, back in the day when my favorite language was Java, I would go in to see a client and I would sit down with them and then 
based on the needs of the particular project, I would then choose the language. So I'm not even talking about choosing frameworks within a language because Java had several frameworks. Um, I'm talking about choosing a language. So sometimes I would use Java, sometimes I would use PHP, sometimes I would use uh, some domain-specific language that you've never heard of. So it's, um, you got to become language and framework agnostic. That's, you know, at least that's, from my experience, that's the best way to go about doing it. That being said, you know, there are clearly advantages given certain circumstances with certain frameworks. We uh, started, we being myself and people who work with me, when we got into PHP frameworks, the first one we looked at was, and used actually in production projects was the Zen framework. This is back in 2007 when Zen was still in beta. I decided to go with the Zen framework at the time for a couple reasons. Uh, one programmatic reason and business reasons as well. So what are the programmatic reasons? At the time I liked the fact that the Zen framework gave you some flexibility. It allowed you to to utilize uh, parts of the system without having to implement the entire stack. So if you didn't want to use uh, their MVC impl implementation, they had a lot of libraries that you can just uh, hook into and do whatever you want with them. That type of freedom is something I always look for in a framework. I think frameworks should not be heavy. I think frameworks should be as light and as flexible as possible. Uh, the, the old 80-20 rule comes into play here. And uh, so that's why I initially went into the Zen framework. framework. Now, 2007 was a long time ago and uh, things have changed. So you got, again, you got to be ready to move on if it, if it makes sense. So I haven't looked at the Zen framework recently. I've heard it's become uh, largely bureaucratic and it's, uh, it's uh, suffering under its own weight. I don't personally know. This is all I've heard from some, from some reliable sources. But uh, generally speaking, when it comes to any uh, framework, it's uh, designed by committee is really a bad idea. I've seen that with Java, where back in the day, well, let me, let me back up. The reason we got to look at the Java experience, because all this, you know, these, this adoption of frameworks and design patterns and so on, really this was pushed into the mainstream, I believe, by the Java community. Um, of course, you know, the Ruby guys contributed to this, and then the PHP guys who wanted to be taken seriously jumped on this and really pushed the whole OO aspect of PHP, and then, of course, the frameworks came out, which, which, which makes sense. Anyhow, so in the Java world, we see a lot of these things, uh, we saw a lot of these things develop, these wars, these many frameworks come about. For instance, um, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but since this is, a, this is a podcast, we have a little bit of time. In Java, we had several frameworks. Uh, I'll just name a few off the top of my head. Uh, Struts, Velocity, Tapestry, WebObjects, Spring, Java Server Faces, and there were others. And each of these frameworks was some nerd or some group of nerds idea about how to best implement a framework um, and things fell in favor and fell out of favor 
And right now, there's there's few there's a few camps. You have people who still utilize uh, the classic uh, the Java server faces. This is this is sort of the official spec in terms of the uh, the front end frameworks in Java. And then some people will go will get into the Spring framework. Or some people are probably still using Web Objects. So just because a framework may fall out of favor temporarily, it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that it's over for you if that happens to be your favorite favorite framework. That said, um, even if your framework does fall out of favor totally, like it looks like CodeIgniter now seems to be uh, losing its mojo. And I have some comments about CodeIgniter. Um, it doesn't matter if CodeIgniter goes away and you're a CodeIgniter guy because all that CodeIgniter experience that you have is gonna is gonna be value, valuable to you, regardless of what framework you decide to jump into. You know that's something that people tend to um, uh, overlook with regards to programming, even from language to language. When I moved from Java and I went into uh, C Sharp in the .NET framework, my Java experience was invaluable when I jumped into C Sharp. Uh, when I jumped into PHP, my Java experience was invaluable. So whatever language you use, whatever framework you happen to use and learn, just because you need to go into another one because of, because of market forces or because of a particular project need, you know, or because the client insists on using a particular language, at the end it doesn't matter. So for instance, when I, my first experience with PHP, it was way back. I, I couldn't tell you the date right now. It could be the late 90s. I'm not sure. And I was deep into my Java at this point in time. And so a client approached me and they wanted to do this project in PHP because they had already started PHP. And I wasn't too keen on that because, especially at the time, PHP was very, very, very primitive relative to Java. And it was like, um, it was almost heresy to 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 go go down to uh, PHP, you know, after you're a J2EE programmer. Anyhow, I was forced to do it because the client insisted. And to my surprise, I actually found, even with primitive PHP, I found some, some interesting things there. Uh, one of the big things was that you could write uh, very little PHP code when compared to Java and get a lot of stuff done. And even though at the time... PHP didn't have uh, very good error trapping. It was, it was, it was terrible compared to Java. Uh, it, it was uh, kind of a messy looking language, you know, again, compared to Java from my eyes at that time. I found it to be very efficient and quick because you just wrote so much less code. So what I learned from that experience that, you know, the language doesn't matter. And, and I should have known this because I had done a bunch of different projects in different, uh, with different environments at the time. So, again, if you're at a stage where you're not sure what, which framework to use and you don't want to lose your skills, maybe you're a CodeIgniter guy and you're worried that you're going to lose all your CodeIgniter skills, you're not because all that experience and all those chops will translate into whatever framework comes next. And, in fact, the best programmers will look at the job and decide what framework, what language to use depending on the needs on a particular project. So 
let me jump back into PHP frameworks. So the first framework I, we ever used was Zend. And why well, I mentioned the uh, the technical reason, the programmatic reason why I got into it, it's flexibility and it's uh, the fact that you could use the uh, some of its components while, without having to use the entire MVC stack, which we ended up using anyway. The other reason I, I decided to go into it was for business reasons. I knew that since Zend was the official PHP company, I figured the Zend framework was going to become the uh, V framework, at least initially. And I thought it was good for uh, not just us, but also for the programmers working with me uh, that we use the Zen, they learn the Zen framework, would be good for them financially just to have that skill set. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. So there's another point. When you look at technologies, don't just look at the minutia of the uh, technology in terms of how efficient it is or you know, from your point of view as a programmer, you may also want to consider the business perspectives, perspective on things. So, uh, for instance, it might be better to use a less sophisticated language or framework that's easier to approach than something much more advanced, simply because it's easier to get developers up to speed with you know, the easier frameworks. That's a genuine uh, concern when you're looking at technology. So my experience extends after the Zen framework. We went a few a few years later, you know, it was a few years, more than a few years, yeah, a few years later, we, we decided to switch over to Code Igniter. And the reason we did is because the lead coder at the time liked Code Igniter. Uh, typically, I'm not inclined to do that. Within a, a, uh, an organization, you're better off to stick with one technology stack simply because you, want, you have that consistency and it's easier to train people in the, uh, you know, you, you just need one set of skills to handle all your apps, right? But at this point in time, uh, my Zen guy uh, took off, was gone, and this new guy, new lead, he wanted to, he really liked Code Igniter. And I figured to myself, since it was an MVC-based uh, framework and it was PHP, I figured, what, what, why not, you know? So, you know, I, I, for, to get a Zen guy to learn at Code Igniter, it might take him a few hours to get up, you know, to get going with it. He'll hate parts of it, but he'll be able to be functional pretty quickly. So we went Code Igniter. And it was fine. But we've uh, we've written some a few apps with it, and it's done pretty good. Although lately, we've had some problems. Uh, we wrote something our Studio Web project, which is an interactive learning system. It's Code Igniter based, and we had some problems with some core libraries, like the session data session libraries, was giving us trouble with IE, and I was a little disappointed there because you know when you when it comes to a framework, you know. Before you start thinking about all the bells and whistles, you should be sure that your your core objects, your core components are solid. Now, perhaps we're making mistakes, I don't know, but we're a little disappointed that way with Code Igniter. And if you actually look back, back I think it's 2006 or somewhere around that time frame, I was bashing Code Igniter. I had certain problems with how they were doing, handling the views and so on. 
But that's another story. But nonetheless, I still, you know, we use CodeIgniter because I've known from my experience with other frameworks and especially in the Java days that, you know, nothing is perfect. Some frameworks will, will be good here and some will be bad there. At the end of the day, they all, you know, unless they're really crappy, unless they're really bad, most frameworks will help you in some way or another. So we did the CodeIgniter thing. So now, though, uh, for our next projects, it looks as though we are going to be using Laravel. Uh, the reason being is, uh, well, I'll just tell you the story. So my lead at the time, it was like maybe six months ago, he, uh, he's somebody who knows CodeIgniter fairly well. And uh, so he heard about Laravel and he heard, you know, he was making some waves, so he he calls me up and says, hey, Steph, uh, this is Laravel, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it could be pretty good. Should I, should I learn it? I said, yeah, yeah, take a look. You know, worst case scenario, you'll learn what not to do, you know. So he, he started learning it. And after an hour or two, he's kind of frustrated. He said, ah, it's taking up too much time. I don't want to learn it. It may have some, I see some stuff. It could look pretty cool, but... I'm just going to stick to code igniter. I said, okay, that's fine. But listen, you know, if you know, it might be worth to spend four or five hours, and then you, know, you really get to know at least the basis of it, so you can make a more intelligent, more informed decision. Anyway, long story short, um, now he exclusively works with with Laravel. Um, he tells me, and I haven't looked at this myself, but he tells me that you can write the same app in Laravel with uh, much less code, like less than half the code you would need in CodeIgniter, you can build the same app in Laravel. And that's uh, very interesting to me because that's the number one thing. You know, less code you have to write uh, is huge. That's like less code, less bugs, less work, and it, you can get your product out the door much more quickly. So it makes programmatic sense and it makes economic sense to look for frameworks that reduce your code footprint by a lot. So, should PHP be emulating other languages? Should they be looking to Java, Python, Ruby uh, to see how to approach uh, PHP in, in its development? And I say, why not? Because um, you can learn from everything. And uh, it's kind of foolish to live in a silo and to try to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I'll give you... Uh, a more, uh, you know, down-to-earth example of this, uh, this theory, this, this, this philosophy, and that's with martial arts. I did, I did martial arts for 30 years pretty consistently in many different styles. And um, what I found over the years, and you got to remember, martial arts are technology. They're fighting technologies. Some are very basic, some are very sophisticated, but they're technologies. And the problem with being stuck in only one technology is that you've limited yourself tremendously. And a, a worldwide example of this, of course, is the UFC, the ultimate fighting challenge there. When these guys started doing their thing, uh, it basically dif disproved a lot of the myths found in many martial arts. A lot of these so-called masters, they were, all, they were paper dragons. They would come into the ring and they get their asses kicked. And I, I would see this with um, myself on the street. I, I was a bouncer for a few years and I 
been in a bunch of fights. I've done a lot of hardcore fighting uh, in and outside of school, of the schools. And I saw that myself. I saw that to, to, to just be um, limiting yourself to one school of thought and not want, willing to look at where you have flaws in what you do and how you do things and flaws in your fundamental thinking uh, is a bad thing. And the same thing goes for programming as it is for martial arts and fighting. You have to be open to, to, uh, to dismissing any notions you may have about what is right and what is wrong, about uh, how you program, how you code, whether it be in PHP or any other language. And Java went through that, that, uh, that whole lesson itself where you know, it started building up and you had, uh, again, I called it design by committee happened, where you had all these major players who had a voice in terms of the development of the Java, uh, the Java world. You had Microsoft, you had BEA, IBM, Sun, of course, Oracle. And they all had their two cents and they all had their, um, they all had their, their agendas. A lot of these guys just wanted to sell tools. They wanted to sell software. So J what happened is Java became so complex so hard to to do anything with it. You had to fill out like five XML forms just to you know write a class. It was it was getting really stupid. And so what happened there was this this backlash in the Java community, where a lot of people are saying this is crazy. We can't start doing EJBs and uh, having these huge frameworks that it took like so much time to do anything like. Mass, like just the unit testing error trapping. You had, to, you, had to, you know, there were books just on error trapping and and books and books on unit testing, where your unit tests were taking up more code than your actual code base. It was, it was getting really bad. So uh, a few things happened. Guys like me broke away from that, where I started getting into what you know was later turned POJO programming, plain old Java objects, as opposed to the uh, fancy enterprise Java beans, which are, I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, basically it was a, uh, a movement towards simplifying the uh, Java, the Java that you did use, because Java is vast. So I was a POJO guy. I actually, over time, I rolled out my own MVC framework. Very simple, worked very well, developed many projects with it. I'm not saying you should roll out your own framework because that's the last thing I think, I think you should do. I think only out of last necessity you should do this because you got to remember I was, I was building my framework up before any real frameworks were established. And so I wasn't willing to chuck it away uh, because you had all these other frameworks that are out there. Um, you know, and my framework was very, very lightweight. And, you know, POJO, plain old Java objects, sort of gives you a hint of what it's all about. My objects were standalone. They weren't dependent on anybody else. And they were very fine-grained in their task in that my objects did one thing and that's it. And then I would use uh, a very common design pattern. Uh, my favorite pat pattern is the filtering pattern where I would just be able to drop my objects into... Uh, the data streams, if you will, because, you know, when you're doing any type of apps, it's just basically you can envision it as a stream of data, like a flow, a river of data going back and forth between the client and the uh, and the server or between the client and, and the user. 
And so if the filter design pattern is, is, is allows you to basically just drop your objects into to filter the uh, the data as it's passing as it's passing by, and that's that was that was my that was my favorite design pattern. So I would just build my my uh, my entire framework was built on that, where I just drop objects into place when need to be, and 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 that, and that was it, no dependencies, um, well very little. So uh, so I did my own framework, but there was many others out there. There were many others, as I mentioned, struts, velocity, tapestry, web objects, spring, Java server faces. And as the Java community started to rebel, you started to see the emergence of the simpler frameworks. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the Spring framework, which uh, it's a pretty, pretty big one now. And it was a rejection of the standard EJB-based system that uh, the big boys, the Microsofts and the BEAs and so on, have sort of put forth via nerd edict to, uh, you know, this is how you're going to write your enterprise Java applications. And then the Spring guys came around and said, uh, forget that, I'm not going to do that, we're not going to do that, it's too, too bloody complex. And uh, anyway, so they did their thing. Now, what's interesting about the Spring framework, it's compared to Java, uh, excuse me, compared to uh, modern frameworks in PHP, it's still much more complex. It's it's crazy complex. It's just the nature of the beast. Going on about frameworks, I can tell you with Java, they had a persistence um, f framework, the EJBs, the, the persistence being how you store your data. And again, there was the uh, official spec, uh, and so there's EJB1, the original. And it was so bad that it got it got trashed, and they came out with EJB two. I don't know a couple of years later, something like that. And it was so bad that uh, the, the community, the Java community, lar largely rebelled against that. And they said, "Okay, well, we're going to trash that, and we're going to do our own thing, the ORM thing." And they came out with their own thing, and eventually. I forget the name all of a sudden. Eventually, this ORM, this way of persistence and so forth, was, a, was adopted officially by the powers that be. So in the end, what actually happened is that uh, the methodologies and the framework that proved itself in the real world supplanted the ivory tower garbage that was trying to be pushed upon the, uh, the Java group. All that being said and done, and I hope I'm not boring you here, I'm just trying to give you perspective in terms of how these things go with regards to technology wars. With all this said and done, a whole group of Java guys couldn't take it anymore, and they bolted, and they moved over to Ruby. And I think um, a particular book uh, in question, I think it was called Lighter, Faster Java. It's been a long time. Um, where a guy basically looked at Java and then said, well, let's compare Java to Ruby. And he basically showed how a dynamic scripting language like Ruby, which is you know similar to PHP in many respects, was able to, uh, you know, you're able to produce uh, robust apps with much less code, much less headaches. And much in the same way I discovered you can, you know, the same thing with PHP. You know, PHP and Ruby are, uh, are very much... Um, aligned in that regard. So am I saying to you, you should jump to Ruby? No, 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 no. I think there are certain advantages to PHP over Ruby. 
In fact, I think that it's uh, one of the big advantages, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, the fact it's got that easy to access procedural uh, layer, if you will, which it's kind of good for knocking out quick one page, two page jobs, you know. Another big advantage that Ruby has over, excuse me, PHP has over Ruby is that uh, you get all these projects that are based on PHP, WordPress, uh, Joomla, Drupal, a lot of forums, a lot of shopping carts, and so on. And this has to be considered. Now, this is not so much a you know, technical purity consideration. I'm not choosing PHP over Ruby because I think PHP is a superior technic technically. Um, I'm looking at the big picture. I'm looking at I'm looking at it pragmatically, and you sh and you should too. Because don't fool yourself. There's some really cool things in Ruby and Python and Java that uh, PHP may not uh, may not be able to express a, a similar thing, and vice versa. So as you can tell, even though I'm a big advocate of PHP, and that's what I tell people to this day, if you're going to learn any dynamic server-side scripting language, I would be choosing PHP because of uh, overall, I think it's the best choice because of the business reasons, because of the pragmatic coding reasons, and also you have the sophisticated uh, layers that you can utilize, like you, know, you can use code layers and Laravel, etc. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure was it, I was going to be able to yammer on for so long, but uh, as uh, some of my good friends know, when Seth starts talking, he can keep going for a long time. So I think I'm going to conclude this uh, little podcast. I don't know how many of you I put to sleep or not. Um, so, which framework would I choose today? Mm. I you know, based on you know what I'm hearing... I'd be looking at Laravel, perhaps. Uh, if you love CodeIgniter and it works for you, then stick to CodeIgniter. If you love Zend and it works for you, then stick to Zend, etc., etc., etc. I wouldn't, I think what you should take away from this, I wouldn't get too caught up in the technology. I wouldn't get too caught up in uh, what's really popular now and, and become... These are not your girlfriends or your boyfriends. You know, you're not, you're not asking you to, div to divorce your children here. They're just tools. And if you're a Zend expert and a, and a, and a company uh, comes to you, a client comes to you, or a job presents itself and you have to be a, a Symphony expert, you have to know Symphony, that's fine. Just jump to Symphony. It's, it's MVC. It's PHP. It's no big deal. Or you happen to be uh, an expert in PHP uh, Laravel, and somebody says, you know what, we have this little Ruby project we need to fix up. You, you, you think you can do the Ruby? Yeah, go ahead, learn the Ruby, do the Ruby, do the project, and then go back to what you like best. You know, if you prefer using a PHP, go back to PHP. doesn't matter. What you, again, what you're going to find is each has their strengths and weaknesses. And uh, that's about it. So, just in case you missed it, my name is Stefan Mischuk. I presently run KillerPHP.com, KillerSites.com, and currently my main project now is StudioWeb.com, which is one of those interactive training programs to teach code, and uh, it's in schools. We're being used by community colleges and uh, K-12 schools and private schools as well, and that's where I spend most of my time developing that system. Take care.